Hey friends, today I want to tell you about Melissa Arlena. She's one of our TMA favorite go-to SEO educators for photographers. With over 15 years of experience in both photography and SEO, she's crafted services that truly understand and meet your needs. Her aim is to make SEO simple for maternity, newborn, and family photographers. And if you're like me, I need simple when it comes to SEO. Her favorite way to help photographers tackle their website SEO is her signature group coaching program, Picture Perfect Rankings. Over a four-month time frame, you'll learn how to do keyword research, homepage and portfolio optimization, and blogging for 2024 that clients actually want to read and drive crazy traffic to your website. Plus, you'll have her to ask questions of and get her eyes on your work just to make sure it's perfect. For our listeners, there's a little perk, 20% off of shop products and courses. So head to melissaarlena.com forward slash picture dash perfect dash rankings and let's get your work the attention it deserves. They say they just want the digitals, but then I'm in their home and I see they've got this huge wall that's just bare. And so what I do is I actually take a photograph of the wall and mock up some artwork, mock up a gallery wall, because like you said, so many times they're not really even thinking about what they need or what their options are. And so I think it's such a huge responsibility as a photographer to go the extra mile and say, hey, there's no pressure to buy this gallery wall, but I just wanted to show you a couple different designs that maybe spark your interest. And that's one way that you can elevate their experience. So many of us begin our photography career shooting weddings. I loved shooting weddings. I loved all the wonderful families I had the opportunity to work with. I loved the gorgeous subjects, the dresses, the flowers, the locations. Always something new and inspiring to capture, but it's stressful. For years, I'd tell myself that it's just one day and I'll have the freedom and flexibility the other six days. But honestly, I didn't. The days leading up that consume your mind, the travel, editing, and if you shoot weddings, you all know about the Sunday spent on the couch with what I call the wedding flu. And after many years of shooting weddings, you might start to feel like I did, that you are trading your own family's memories to capture others. Can you relate? Today, I'm talking with Courtney Grant of Courtney Grant Photography about how she made the pivot from wedding photography to motherhood photography while also maintaining the revenue that she needed. So now I present to you episode number 70 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. I've been doing photography for what seems like forever, really over 10 years now. Several of those years were strictly weddings. I was doing them a little bit in college and then graduated. And I actually, my degree was in commercial photography, which focused a lot on studio work. So when I graduated, I went and photographed furniture for Ashley Furniture and some of these bigger names. Okay people in a studio and realized I absolutely hated it. <laughs> For one, it's very male dominated. And I was the only girl at this workplace and it you can't talk mm -hmm. to furniture. You can't really have conversations there. So it helped me realize that working with people was a hundred percent what I wanted to do. And the more my relationship developed with my husband, I saw we had made friends that had families and they started asking for family photos. And so then my business kind of shifted to 50% weddings, 50% families. And I was still doing all of this while working a nine to five job and it just got to be too much. So we got pregnant and we had our first daughter and about three years ago now, I just said, I'm not going to take any more weddings. I had this conversation with my husband where I'm just crying and saying something has to change. I'm missing out on so much of these newborn moments. Life happens on the weekends and I'm spending 10 plus hours on a Saturday at a wedding and then Sunday I'm editing and it was just too much. And so I have been a full-time newborn and family photographer now for a few years, which is just so crazy to say. I never thought that I would step away from weddings. 
Yeah, that's what we want to talk about today, because I think that's a path that so many people take in their photography careers that we start out with weddings. And it's something for me I still wrestle with because I started in wedding photography and then took on more portraits and things like that. And I probably shot actually have one wedding this weekend. So it's really hard for me to say I I never shooting weddings again because I enjoy really? it. But at the time, like there's so much guilt around it for me because, and it probably goes back to like my childhood, but I could make more money in a day than my dad probably made all month at his job as I was growing up. And you tell yourself, it's just one day. I could just do right. it one day. And then I would have my week to be with my family and take care of my children. And how can you say no to that much money? Like all those questions. Did you wrestle with any of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Feeling my husband has the corporate job and he's in banking and this feeling of, I like being able to provide for my family too. And as a business owner, it's very hard to draw the line between saying no to a certain amount of money when, like you said, you know that it would be monumental for your family. So it, it is, it's something that I really wrestled with. And we tell ourselves it's just one day, but it's really not just one. It's not, it's <laughs> not. I, I think when I was doing weddings, I said the average editing or turnaround time was four to six weeks. That's a month. That's a month of late nights of editing. And you're not just doing editing for that one wedding. You're also answering emails and doing all the other things on the back end to continue running your business. So it is, it's way more than just one day. And it's, if you haven't shot weddings, you don't under, maybe you don't understand, but there's this whole psychological thing that goes with being a wedding photographer. Like so much of the days leading up to the wedding, your mind is just consumed with, mine was with, okay, do you, did you run your like schedule through your head the day before? Okay. I've got to get up at eight at eight in order to be, um, in the shower by 10 and then I've got to get in the car by this time. Absolutely. <laughs> to start backwards. I would run day. that over and over because I was stressed about you've got to be there on time. And what if there's um traffic or just running all the scenarios? I was really funny about not eating. People would say, meet us for breakfast. You don't have to be there, say, till 11. I was oh, like, right. Oh, right. no. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I cannot have... chance getting in a car accident. I can't chance running late or any of those things. And I, have... I, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but I always had a second shooter, an assistant for the day. And when COVID happened, Oh my gosh, the stress of, is my assistant going to call me the morning of and say, she's got COVID. Right. And then I don't have an assistant for the day. Whew, those things well, were so stressful. I actually, I don't know if you, you may have a story too. I have lots of wedding stories, but I actually had an out of town wedding. And thankfully I did have an assistant. <clears throat> and so I don't think we had to be there till one. So we, we said, let's go have lunch before. And we ordered exactly the same thing. And I made the mistake of eating the mayonnaise apple salad oh. off the salad bar. That was the only <gasps> difference. I ate that. He did not. Yeah. And I did fine until the ceremony. And amid ceremony, I thought, oh, I'm going to be sick. And I got food poisoning. And by the end of the ceremony, I think we made it to the reception. And when I walked in and that's that waft of, I had to go to the mom and not in tears. Oh. And I told her, I, I just couldn't, st I was so sick and he finished the wedding. Thank goodness. But you deal with things like that. And then once you have a situation like that, you're like, that's always on your mind. And it makes, there's so much like pressure and stress because you just can't redo a wedding. Absolutely. Yes. Was that part of it for you? The, not only the time that's spent in the weekends, but was there any stress and worry and those sorts of things that? Oh, yeah. The anxiety starts the second you leave the wedding of I've got to get home safely. And the second I get home, I've got to back up these pictures. And I found that oftentimes my turnaround time would be way less than what they were actually expecting because 
I'm the type of person, I just want to sit down and get it done. And I don't want them to be my responsibility anymore. I want to make sure I get those photos in your hands and the stress and anxiety of just keeping photos safe and backed up. And yeah, it starts the second you leave that wedding. I'll tell you one more funny story and then we'll move on from all. And I swear, <laughs> I love wedding photography. I really do. It's I, And I really enjoy photographing a wedding. Um but my, my business partner, Josh, he told me one time, this was early in our photography career. He said, you should be like a beta tester for flashcards <laughs> because I could, if it was going to go wrong, it would go wrong with me or I would make it go wrong. One morning, it was after a wedding and I sat down at my computer with a cup of coffee to um, download my cards and I dropped a card in my cup of coffee. <gasps> oh, God. and I like jerked it out and no jokes. Like trying, <laughs> trying to get all the, make sure all the coffee was out of it. Yes. Thank, it worked. Thank goodness. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, that gives me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever accidentally delete something before you backed it up? I've never accidentally deleted anything. I've had or it formatted done, a card. I I, I've had it done to me though. Oh. Um, and it's gut wrenching. It's a very stressful situation, but yeah, I've never dropped it in coffee. I will say <laughs> I use a, a Yeti mug with a top. Oh, so that you, you should good advice, in yes. one of those. So, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the drinks surrounding my computer now and uh, I'm like, everything has a top. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Announcement for anyone that may want to hire me in the future. That was <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah, I absolutely. Once you do things like that, once you never do them again. Yes. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah, there's just all sorts of just stressful things that go along with these this once in a lifetime day you're capturing. And so tell me, so once you started thinking about transitioning, like, how did you do that? Did you all of a sudden cut it off? Did you go cold? I'm not shooting any more weddings. Did you whittle it down? What did that look like? Yeah, I just, I had my daughter and I just realized that I was entering this new season of life and it really felt so natural to move away from weddings. And so what I did was I had this conversation with my husband. I put so much thought into it and made a plan and just said, when this month comes, I'm not going to accept any more weddings. And I didn't announce that. I would let the inquiries come in and I would just explain, hey, I'm moving away from weddings and give referrals to other photographers. And I think I accepted my very last wedding and then six months later made the bigger announcement. I instantly started shifting my work on social media though and just posting more families, not as much weddings still sharing them in my stories. So my brides and grooms didn't feel like they were being left out, but really just starting to hone in on the importance of, of family sessions. And then just made this announcement, sit down and email, did a whole Instagram series of stories, just explaining my decision and why it was important for me to do that. And I got zero pushback. Everybody was very supportive and it was really hard to do, but I realize now that I was just entering that totally new season and had this desire to serve moms and families more than brides and grooms. And it, it was tough, but it was a great, it was a great season to transition into that. Were you already pretty busy? Was your portrait business pretty busy alongside your wedding business? Yeah. Like I said before, I think it was like 50, 50, okay. really. I was still working that nine to five job. And so I'm doing a wedding on Saturday. And then I'd say I probably had at least one or two sessions throughout the week mm -hmm. for families, whether it was maybe a first birthday or just a, a family session. It was hard to do newborn sessions then. I guess I, if I was doing those, I was probably doing those on a Sunday, but yeah, it was about 50, 50. And once you did make the transition, did you find that a lot of your wedding clients used you for newborn and portrait photography? Yeah, I had several brides come back a, a year or two later and 
ask me, Hey, you photographed our wedding. Would you want to photograph our newborn session? Or is this, it looks like this is something you offer, but because I was still shooting both, it was a little confusing for people. So I think that's part of why it was so important to make the switch to and stick to one genre of things. But yeah, I did have people come back and that was so exciting for me to see them in this new season and be able to continue to serve them and watch their family grow. So we hear a lot of times that people that shoot weddings and then you know, want to transition to motherhood photography that they have a hard time. Whereas they, they charged a premium for wedding photography and people were used to that. Once they tried to charge a premium for, you know, motherhood photography, they had some pushback. Was that your experience? That's a tough question. I think it's just expected that wedding photography is a big investment because it's such a monumental moment for couples. That's really the the highlight of their relationship is, is this marriage. And I don't think everybody views newborn and family photography as like a must have investment. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where the challenge comes in and overcoming that by talking about how valuable these photos are and how valuable it is to have these tangible pieces of art of your family that can be passed down. And I love every year on my daughter's birthday, we have a little album of her birth. So we had a photographer at her birth because we didn't find out that her gender till she was born. So we have these photographs of us in labor and finding out that it it was a girl. And my husband's one of seven boys. Wow. Us having a girl was a huge thing. We sit down every year on her birthday and we flip through that album of her birth and we talk about it. And as she grows, she asks questions and she says, Oh, my grandparents were there too. And it's just, it's so fun to look through these memories with her. And so really just expressing the importance of how valuable those pieces of artwork are going to be. I think that's how I overcame that challenge and just talking about how valuable it is to make this investment. Did you need to make up the income that you had with wedding photography or did you, was that your goal or did you not need to make as much? I think personally, I wanted to be making the same amount just because I felt like it gave my family a comfortable lifestyle to be able to spend the Mm -hmm. weekends going out to eat or making trips and being able to spend time together. For me personally, I did want to make around the same. Mm -hmm. What was your, what was your plan to do that? Did you have to change anything that you were currently doing with your um, family photography? Yeah, I had to, I started off by investing in education and the motherhood anthology has been pivotal in helping make some of these switches, but I was doing, I was doing an all-inclusive pricing structure just because that's what is expected with weddings. And that's really all I ever knew. Mm -hmm. And so About a year ago, I switched to a la carte pricing and being able to source artwork and offer albums and things like that. I really didn't have many wedding clients that were building albums and things, and it never really dawned on me to push things like that. And so being able to offer those things has helped boost my income and be at a similar level where I was when I was uh, shooting weddings. So tell us a little bit about your workflow client experience. Do you have a studio? Are you working? I do not have a studio, but I do have access to a few here um, in Winston-Salem where I live. And um, I'd say, I'd say probably 40% of my work is done in a studio. I have a lot of milestone sessions and things like that that are often done in studio for six months or first birthdays. 
But other than that, I'm doing a lot of in-home newborn sessions. A lot of family sessions are outdoors. So yeah, I don't have a studio. That's something I would love to work towards one day. But right now I just have one that I can rent. Um, so are you doing in-person sales or tell us, tell, just walk us through your workflow, if you don't mind, with your clients once they email and book with you? Yeah. So I reach out to them and normally I'll set up a phone call so that we can discuss pricing and go over all of that. And I offer planning meetings for my sessions. So I'll walk them through the client wardrobe that I offer. And then I also offer hair and makeup as an add-on. I don't have somebody that I work with like exclusively, but I do have several vendors that I reach out to. And so I think offering that is such a huge stress reducer for moms. So we'll walk through those things and then session day comes and they're fully prepared. They've got their outfits picked out that I've helped them walk through and we've talked through artwork options and things like that. So we go into the session knowing, hey, they want to create an album or hey, they we need these specific shots to create a beautiful gallery wall and Then I actually, I'm not doing in-person sales, but I do it online, like very similar to the way Jenny does her online sales, just running them through an online gallery and having their ordering process done that way. Let me back up and ask you a question about, you said that you don't have a studio, but you do client wardrobe. So how does that work? How do they choose? And Yes. So I have like a special page built when I redesigned my logo on my website. I had her design like a little area on the back end where clients can actually go to a specific page on my website and then they can look at dresses because uh, they're categorized by size. So they can look at everything that I have right there and then they can choose to come in person and try those on. I have a little office space in my home where I do keep my dresses and like sample albums and things like that. So if they're local, they can always have the option to come over and try them on. Otherwise, I give them the option to pick five dresses if they need three to five dresses and I'll just take them that morning to their session. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people that don't have studios wonder how to manage all that. So I always like to ask questions like that. Yeah, I'm definitely benefiting from having my own dedicated space in my home where I can invite clients in. That's so wonderful. But yes, that's definitely the benefit of having your own studio and a dedicated space for things like that. But having the web page has been a really big help. People don't find it confusing. It's very easy. I also know people that just set up a pixie set link and just put all their dresses on there and just some way to view it online, I think also helps and having a variety of sizes, but also saying all of these dresses are made to work for maternity and postpartum, really, no matter what size you are, really helps walk through. Also me knowing how some of them fit. I can say, hey, I know that you need a size large, but this medium that I have is stretchy or it's great for postpartum. It will absolutely work for you. Let me bring that along too. Being able to really walk them through and elevate that experience a little bit more is really helpful for them. Do you have a favorite place to buy dresses? You have mm-hmm. a favorite? I love the nothing fits but dresses. I'd say I use those for a good percentage of my sessions, um, including my own. I wore one of their dresses for our newborn session recently, and they just, they flow so nicely and they're so beautiful. They're pretty muted and just photograph really well. Hmm, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Do you mind walking folks through your offerings? You don't have to necessarily tell us what you charge, but just like, how is your pricing set up? Um, Yeah. So I don't sell smaller amounts of digital galleries. I just do a full um, digital gallery that they can purchase. And that comes with, if they do just a single session, it comes with 40 proofs from their session, and then they can buy more through their online gallery. Or if uh, I do offer a membership and that's three to four sessions, 
if people are in the membership and they purchase digitals, they get 25 proofs from each of their sessions that they can add to their box. So that's what I offer for digitals. And then I also offer albums. I offer the matted and just like the lay flat albums. And then I also offer framed art pieces as well. Is there something that, what's your typical, your average order, your typical order? What are people purchasing the most? I'd say for single sessions, I have a lot of people that really like to design albums and get digitals, or they're just interested in digitals and the proofs. I think that's something that sets me apart is having the tangible proofs to go along with the digitals as well. That's not something a lot of people offer where I'm at. And Mm -hmm. then I'd say for my membership, I have a lot of people that build an album over the course of their membership. I'd say I build more albums than I do framed pieces right now, but I do, I do have a few clients that are in the process right now of building gallery walls and getting, I just had a newborn session where it was my biggest piece I had sold. I do not remember the size, but it was a a statement piece from their newborn session and to go in her nursery. And it was so beautiful, but I'd say majority of things, majority of sessions result in digital sales and album sales. Do you have a sales tip? Like what's your best advice? Mm-hmm. I'm throwing that at you. I didn't put that on the list. <laughs> I know. I had to write out answers for things that you had given me. I'd say my best sales tip is to just not be salesy. Right. Yeah. I am I'm not somebody who like forces things on people. I really do ask my clients, do you have a bare wall in your home that you want to fill? Is that something that you desire or need? Or are you somebody who I personally love to sit my kid in my lap and look through an album together or pull out a box of pictures and go through them? And so just really asking them like, hey, why do you want to invest in these pictures? Surely you don't just want to spend a lot of money for them to sit on your phone or on your hard drive. Let's get them off your hard drive and get them into your home, but really just walking them through their options, but also listening, listening to what their problem is. Hey, I've got this wall that's been bare since we moved into our house four years ago. I'd really love to fill it with beautiful artwork and then walking them through what that process looks like and what their options are. What do you think sets you apart from others? I think we all have, I don't know what competition is like in your area. Are there a lot of photographers where you are? There are. I'm in Winston-Salem and I feel like that is a very kind of artsy community. And so there are a ton of photographers. Actually, one of my best friends that lives right down the road, we became friends because she photographed our first child's birth. And now she's somebody that I talk to all the time about not only photography, but just life in general. And I think what sets me apart from some of the other photographers in my area is I did a lot of research before I switched to being full-time with motherhood photography. Not many people offered more of that luxury model of offering the client wardrobe and offering tangible art pieces. It was, and and not makeup either. It's very much an all-inclusive, here's a session, here is a digital gallery, and now we're done. And so I think that's something that sets me apart is just wanting to walk people through their options, help them get hair and makeup set up, whether that's them going to a studio or having the makeup artist come to their home, just really talking through what stresses they have and alleviating those by offering these elevated services like wardrobe and makeup. You mentioned a couple of times that conversation with them about finding out what's important to them. What kind? So you're asking most of these questions during a phone call, you said? 
Do you do a questionnaire, phone call? What kinds of questions are you asking? Yeah. So when people initially inquire, I do have a section that just asks them what they're most interested in so that when we do have a phone call, we can discuss, hey, I saw that you're interested in artwork. And that's where I'm asking, are there specific rooms in your home? Or is there just one room or do you have multiple rooms that you really want to see a beautiful gallery wall built over the course of doing a membership? Or do you have a nursery wall where you want a big statement piece of your daughter? Questions like that. And so we can really just dig into what their needs are. Yeah, I'd say I do ask in my initial questionnaire that they fill out on my website, but then we really dig deeper into it when we're having our phone call. Mm -hmm. I think when you're a wedding photographer and you're busy with that and maybe family photography is an add-on to your wedding business, sometimes we leave a lot on the table because we just need it to be quick. Let me photograph your family. Here are your digital files. But I think When you're making that transition and you think, okay, I have this income that I need to make up, that there's so many, there's so many opportunities to serve our client that maybe we didn't think of before. And maybe our client, I think half the time our client doesn't even know what their options are. Oh, absolutely. So just planting that seed of, like you said, asking if they have a wall. Oh yeah, I do have that wall. Half the time I'm out out shopping, I don't think of the things that I really need for my home or that I want to do as far as design or decorating. And then I get home and I I look at that wall and I think I need to do something with that wall. So, Right. And that's something that I also do say I have a newborn session and they've said, I just want the digitals, which is totally fine. They say they just want the digitals, but then I'm in their home and I see they've got this huge wall that's just bare. And so what I do is I actually take a photograph of the wall and mock up some artwork, mock up a gallery wall, because like you said, so many times they're not really even thinking about what they need or what their options are. And so I think it's such a huge responsibility as a photographer to go the extra mile and say, hey, there's no pressure to buy this gallery wall, but I just wanted to show you a couple different designs that maybe spark your interest. And that's one way that you can elevate their experience. And like you said, it, I think so many times when we do that, we th- we're worried that they think we're being salesy. Sure. That's really such a service. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by the time you're already, or by the time you show them this gallery wall that you've designed, you have such a relationship with them because you've had this planning appointment, you've had their session and you've already gained their trust. One, they've hired you, but two, you've helped walk them through the session. And I don't know about other photographers, but I am like so friendly (laughs) with everybody that I work with. We're following each other on social media I see that they're up late with the baby. So I'm sending them a Starbucks gift card. Just going that extra mile in the beginning to show them like, hey, I'm really not here just to take your money. I really do want to be your friend and I want to serve you too. I think by the time, if you're building those relationships, by the time you show them this beautiful gallery wall, or I even mock up like album designs sometimes or couple different layouts in an album. By the time you do those things, they know you're not being salesy. They, they, you're a friend to them. And so Mm -hmm. you're just extending your services to them and Mm -hmm. showing them what you can offer. I love sales so much. Sales is what I did before I did photography. And if you ask me my best sales tip, I think it would be the kind of the same thing you said to me, if they're drawn to you and they love your brand and your work enough to book a session with you. They think you're the expert. expert. They want what you're providing. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get to a sales appointment, they want to know what you think they should do with their images. So many times we think we need to ask them, what do you want to do? Do you want an album? So I think by the time you're in the sales appointment, however you do that, you should tell them 
hey, I really, oh my gosh, this one, this image is amazing. And I really think you have to print this and mean it. And right. the flip side of that is to say, I, if they really want something, don't tell them no. But so often by telling someone what you think they should not buy, just builds trust in someone. You have so many that you love. I know you mentioned framed art or wall art, but I really think that you have too many and we should really build an album. And mm -hmm. I, that's my advice. That's what I would do. Right. And if you mean that, they know you're not just trying to sell them something and, oh, you're right. You're right. I'll get all of them. And just genuinely offering your advice on what you think they should do, what image they should pick. People appreciate that. Before we move on from sales and the logistics of that. Oh, I was going to ask you this. You said you mock up walls for people. Are you using a certain software for that yes. or templates or anything you would share? Yes. Swift galleries. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. That is what I'm using. Okay. I haven't used it in a while because I'm on maternity leave. But, yeah. Uh, had to think of the name there, but yeah, that's what I use. And it's a wonderful program. I had never used it until last year. And even like we've lived in our home for a couple of years now and I've used it to take pictures in my own home and mock mm -hmm. up our own sessions and our own artwork. So it's a great uh, tool. And do you just... Say they have it where you can pay for a year or pay monthly. Even if it's something you just want to try out, it's a great thing to to try out. Oh, yeah. They were on the podcast. He's great. So Chris, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So once you do mock that up, does it go in their gallery? Do you um, have a... Is yeah. That how you so I have it... I think I mentioned I do it like similar to the way Jenny does it, but I have their proofs in one tab. I use Pixie Set. And then I have another tab that says view your customized artwork. And that's where I'll put things like that, mocking up what it would look like to have the proof box, mocking up a couple different album layouts. And then, yeah, that's where I would put, usually I do four to five different gallery walls just to show them different frames and different options. So I've found that doing it online is people are really receptive to that. How long do you give them? I always am curious. Once you send their gallery, how long do they have to make a decision? Do you limit that? Normally I try to say, let's wrap up your ordering appointment within 48 hours, but this is an area of my business I could probably improve and really get a better process for that. Right now, I feel like because I'm in this season of motherhood where sometimes I can't make decisions in 48 hours. I haven't really put like a time limit on it, but I've also not had anybody drag their feet or anything like that. So that's probably why I haven't put more focus on getting uh, a time limit down for that. But I'd say normally I say within 48 hours, let's try to wrap up um, their ordering appointment. And so far that's worked great. Do you have, I told you a few of my store, wedding stories. Do you have a funny um, or interesting Ooh, wedding story. I did, I did write a couple of these down. So let's see. I have a funny wedding story and a funny family story. So I'll start with wedding. It's funny, but also embarrassing. And also one of the reasons that I was like, I've got to stop doing weddings. I had gone to a wedding after my daughter was born and I was having to pump because I was away from her and I was breastfeeding mm -hmm. her and I forgot my wall outlet for my pump, but I did have the car adapter. I'm outside the church, which has a bench near the parking lot. And I'm in my husband's car, which has zero tint to any of the windows. And all I have is my car adapter and there is an elderly couple sitting on the bench and naturally I have to go pump. Mm. <laughs> so I am sitting in the front seat of the car, trying not to flash everybody leaving the ceremony, especially this couple sitting on the bench <laughs> while I'm trying to pump for my daughter. And I, I also remember a time where I the, there were like no outlets in this church and they had a kitchen. And I remember sitting on like a very dirty kitchen floor to pump for my daughter. And I was, that's part of the reason I was like, weddings just may not be 
great for me in this season right now because being able to provide for my daughter while I'm away is a little challenging, but I just remember the embarrassment. My face was probably so red while I'm just trying to pump in the car. So that was a funny wedding story. And then I had a mom that had booked a session for her and her mom and her two children. And she had brought chocolate chips as like a reward and bribery Mm. for the end of the session. So she did not notice on the way to the session, he found the chocolate chips, got into them. So he shows up, face is covered in chocolate chips. He's got chocolate chips in his teeth everywhere and they're melting everywhere. And then he's not going to let go of the bag of chocolate chips. So majority of the session, we're like hiding the bag behind. I'm like, put your arm around mom or sister. So Mm -hmm. nobody knows that in his hand, he's clutching a bag of chocolate chips behind Mm -hmm. mom. (laughs) I thought you were going to ask, did they ask you if you could Photoshop? (laughs) A little Photoshop had to be done, but luckily they came with prepared with wet wipes. So we're like, yeah, always in the bath in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I always love those questions where it's like, there's no way you could do all that work. And they think, can you just take that out? Yeah. I remember with weddings, they've had Uh, they've gotten into an argument with a bridesmaid after the wedding and they're like, can you Photoshop her out of all (laughs) pictures or family pictures? Oh, my brother broke up with his girlfriend. Can we get rid of her out of the family photo? And no, man, um, (laughs) I cannot do that, but I can give you the name and number of (laughs) someone else who may be able to. Oh no. Good grief. Okay, so what would you say your best advice is for someone else that's in a similar situation and they're trying to transition from weddings? Hmm, I would say just really digging into your why, kind of reevaluating what season you're in and how you can best serve the people that you're photographing. I would say, like I said, I just, I remember when I became a mom and We had this whirlwind of bringing home our daughter and not knowing how to plan for newborn portraits. I just, I needed somebody that was in that season and could really assist me. So just really evaluating where can I shift my business to add value to these moms and be helpful. I'd also just say having courage. Like I was so scared of losing the income that came with weddings and I had to sit down and make a plan of how this could be successful. And it really just comes back to making a decision and sticking with it, feeling the fear and doing it anyways. I think investing in education, like the motherhood anthology, like just the education that comes with that. And also the Facebook group of being able to bounce ideas around with other photographers is so helpful and so valuable. And I think another big takeaway has been knowing your cost of doing business. And before making this huge jump, really having a plan in place, do that cost of doing business, know what you need to make, what you need to charge, and just evaluating how you can best serve families. Financially for you, has it been okay? Like you've been able to make what you need to make in family photography versus wedding photography? Yeah. I I would say that my, when I sit down to do my taxes, I look at the numbers and I say, okay, I'm not that far off. And I, I think one of my biggest accomplishments, I think you would ask me that on the questionnaire. One of my biggest accomplishments was the year that I stepped away from my nine to five business I actually made more that year than I did at my nine to five. And that was such a huge accomplishment that, cause I struggled stepping away from that and just saying, okay, can this be a real business? Can I make this income? And that was a huge, a huge moment for me, but yeah, feeling, okay, weddings are in the thousands and multiple thousands. Can I make that by stepping away and make that off of a couple different sessions. And at first, before I switched to the a la carte pricing, 
I was doing all-inclusive pricing at a much lower rate. And so I was still making a good amount of money, but I was so burnt out doing multiple sessions a week. And then I felt like I'm right back in this struggle of feeling like I'm missing out on a lot with my family. And so that's where the a la carte pricing came in, where I could say, if I can split these payments up between a creative fee and then an artwork price, I think I can have a higher rate. And then adding in the membership was also huge because so many people want more than just one session, especially when their family's growing. They want maybe an announcement session or a maternity session, a newborn session. And then I think it's become really common to have these milestones of six month or one year documented as well. And having clients sign up for a membership and knowing that I've got this predictable income throughout the year is so helpful. And I would say, yeah, I'm making a very similar number now doing fewer families and newborn sessions than I was shooting a wedding every weekend. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. That is an accomplishment you should be proud of. Yeah. It's taken me a very long time to get here. It's taken a lot of mistakes, but it's taken also a lot of relationship building. And I'm very fortunate to have a lot of repeat clients, whether they were brides that came back to be now family clients or just new clients that were starting a family. So I'm very fortunate and and very blessed. I think that there were two things there that you said that I totally agree with as far as being able to make that income up. I think so often, like we said before, when you're shooting weddings, you're probably shooting families all inclusive because you just need it to be quick. I need to shoot Mm -hmm deliver your images, be done. And it's so, it w- for us, it was so much harder to get, it's so much harder to get everything up front before you shoot the session as far as money, but breaking that into the creative fee, session fee, then being able to offer products. And then also the membership, having that predictable I know that I'm going to be with this family three sessions this year. You have some, you can plan on that for the most part. And that really does help in that transition. I think those two things. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have some fun questions now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Do you have a, a new year's resolution? Ooh. So our son was born the day after two days after Thanksgiving and we had my blood pressure rose after. So I had like postpartum eclampsia. Mm-hmm. And so it really just put in perspective for me, how much I've been through having three babies. So my new year's resolution is to really just focus on self-care this year as a mom I and a business owner. I think it's really hard to step away and say, I've got to recharge my batteries. I'm somebody who goes And I think just carving out that time to spend an hour at the gym or spend more than you normally would on skincare, doing Mm -hmm. something that, that recharges you. So I would say that's my new year's resolution is to really focus on some self-care for myself this year. And then business-wise, I would say my goal would be to have a lot of repeat clients this year, I would say, let's say having somebody who's built, booked a membership, I would love to have a a second membership booked with the same family. So that's a goal, um, not necessarily a resolution for this year, Mm -hmm. but a goal for this year. Best advice you were ever given? I think just getting out of your own head, realizing that sometimes you may not be your own ideal client. And that doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't valuable. I know for myself, I'm not somebody who enjoys spending a lot of money. We are definitely more on the frugal side. When I raised my prices, I'm sitting here saying, there is no one in the world that's going to pay this. But I think I've heard you guys say before Pricing is so relative. What's expensive to me 
somebody else may not even bat an eye to. And so really getting out of your own head and just saying, I've done my cost of doing business. This is what I've got to charge. And if they say no, but there's going to be somebody else who's going to value it and say yes. Favorite quote. Oh man, this is one that I didn't write down an answer for. That's okay if you don't have one. I would say, I think I said this when I initially uh, sent over some information about me, but just feeling the fear and doing it anyways. I don't know if that's a quote or a book title or something. Going back to getting out of your own head and just, I'm not somebody who enjoys change. That's something I've realized as I've gotten older. I enjoy routine and Making the transition from weddings to families can be really hard, but I think just having confidence in yourself and being fearful, but being confident and doing it anyways. How do you define success? I would say setting goals for yourself or your business, and then making a really detailed action plan and following through with that. When I was working my nine to five job, I was a project manager. And I think that really helped me with my business in, in setting up processes and action items. So I would say that one of my big goals was having majority of my business be repeat clients And that's a reality for my business now because I've made these plans and action items and followed through with them. So I would say that is a huge success for my business and something that I've worked really hard on. Thank you, Courtney. This was fun. Thank you for, I really relate. And thank you for chatting about making that transition from weddings because I know it's a big scary leap for a lot of people and it's great to hear from people that have done it successfully. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've been, I've really enjoyed not only listening to your podcast, but speaking with you and hopefully shedding some light and some encouragement on making this big transition. For sure. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yes. So my website is just my name, Courtney Grant Photography. And then my Instagram is the exact same, just at Courtney Grant Photography. The education and membership that you heard Courtney talk so fondly of will be opening and available soon. We don't want you to miss out on that opportunity, as well as a whole host of free resources already available to you. Simply sign up for our email list at themotherhoodanthology.com, and while you're there, download our complimentary course titled How to Market to Fill Your Calendar to get yourself started on a journey to a successful business today. I always like to wrap these up with a quote, and this is the quote that Courtney and I spoke of earlier. Oprah said, courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.